Well, good morning, church. How are we doing today? Good. It's so great to be with you today. I'm so excited to get to share with you. As you heard, my name is Mike Yoder, and I get the privilege of being the co-senior pastor here, along with my wife, Julie. And I'm excited to talk to you today because we get to talk about, as you saw, about who we are as a church in this series called We Are Vineyard. And we're sharing who we believe God has called us to be. And we believe those are four things that God has called us to, that we are a family, we're a school, we're a hospital, and we're an army. And today we get to talk about being a school. Now, for many of you, just saying that word has brought instant anxiety into your life. Depending on what your experience was with school, you're like, oh my God, all I have is like assignments, syllabuses, and all the things, especially for those of you who are college students today, like, and are just getting started, and you're looking at all the work that's in front of you, like, do I have to go to school again on Sunday? I'm not sure if I'm ready for this. I assure you, I understand completely as somebody who's in grad school right now, sometimes the thought of more assignments and more school and all those things, like, it'd just be overwhelming. But I assure you, it's a great thing. School in the kingdom, school as we do it together here at church, it's a place that brings us joy and unity and and hope. And so I'm excited to talk about what it means to be the church as a school today. And as we talk about this, we're, we're really talking about the mission of Jesus. See, when Jesus was here on the earth, he gathered his 12 disciples all around him and he taught them about the kingdom. But he didn't just stop there. He taught them to help them understand and know, but then he took them with him. And then he began to show them what it looked like to demonstrate the kingdom right where he was at. So if you've said yes to Jesus today, you are also a disciple of Jesus. And we also, we want to know and learn how about the kingdom and then how to demonstrate and show that kingdom out there. So that's what we're meant. Disciples are meant to learn and grow to be more like Jesus. And we're also a school because God's designed each of us to learn. Every single one of us, this is, this is part of our design. From the time we're born to the time we pass and our time here on earth is done, we are learning and growing. This is just who we were designed. This is the way our brains were, were designed. We're, we're picking up new habits. We're learning new information. We're learning new skills and understanding. And, and we're maturing and growing, hopefully. Like this is part of who we are. And so as the church, we want everybody to be growing to be more like Jesus as disciples. In fact, we're going to read here in uh, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And these are verses that the Apostle Paul wrote, and he's describing the different gifts that God has given to the church. And then he's describing, what's the role of those? What are we supposed to do together? What's, what are we trying to do and accomplish? So I'm going to read here, uh, and you can follow along on the screen, or you can open your Bible. This is Ephesians 4, again, 11 through 16. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So do you catch that? That's an important part right there. Our, their job is to, is to equip and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. Again, notice the centricity on Jesus as we read through these. But this is part of what it means to be a school, to train and to equip. So when we keep reading here, it says, this will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So full unity and fully measuring up to the standard of Christ. I'm gonna guess that our job as a school is never gonna be done until Jesus comes again, right? We gotta measure up to the full measure of Christ. We come together in unity. I think we have a long ways to go to find those places, but this is, this is the call of what it means to do this together. 
It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So we learn and we grow and we find this foundation in following Jesus so that we're not tossed about by every wind of new teaching. Right? Every time we every time I turn on the news, every time you look at your phone, there's something new that's coming at you. There's something new that wants to change what you believe. We don't want to be tossed around. We want to be a people who are firmly grounded. This is so important. This is part of what it means to be a school. It says, instead, in verse 15, it said, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. This is really important. More and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So, so these are the, this is the foundation for what it means for us to be a school. It's one part of who we are. Last week, we got to learn about being a family that comes together, and now we're coming together, and here's why we are coming together. Here's what it means to pour in. We want to equip and train. We want to become more and more like Christ. We don't want to be tossed around. We want to mature as believers. Again, that's the, the goal of the disciple is to mature, to grow, to be more like Jesus. This is what we get to do together. And when we do that well, we're living on mission. We're growing in, our, in health and we're growing in our love for one another, we're growing in unity together. This is the beauty of what it means and we're gonna get to talk about today. But would you pause with me and pray as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and be our teacher. Holy Spirit, we do. We thank you for your presence that's already here, that where we've gathered, you're here and that you wanna teach us and show us what you have for us today. Thank you so much for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I have a question for you. Who is discipling you? Now, for some of you, you might have an immediate answer to that. Like, oh yeah, no, I'm meeting with this person. They're really helping me or I'm, I'm doing this course, this class, or I'm, I'm walking through something and this is discipling. And for some of you, you might be thinking like, oh, I don't know that anybody's really discipling me. I have good news and bad news. Every single one of you is being discipled today. It's just it's the reality of, of our life. See, every single one of us, the world is taking to school. We, we are all being impacted by the world around us. Whether you realize it or not, you're in school. See, and the world wants to, to disciple you through lots of different things. We're discipled and, and learning. We're taken to school through the entertainment that we do or we participate in, through the podcasts that we listen to. I love to listen to podcasts. They're great. There's things that are, are, you're, being, you're being learned and grown in in that process. Maybe it's, you know, it's politics or the politicians that you're listening to, right? They're definitely trying to take you to school, right? I've got the answers. The other guys are the complete enemies. They're just, don't listen to a word they say, right? Well, we're all being taken to this place of school. Every time we pick up our phone, we're going to school because we're taking in new information. We're learning new things. Maybe we're listening to the news. Whatever those things are, this is the way that the world, and see, the world is discipling you in a way that's taking us away from the things that are in alignment with God's kingdom. See, it, it takes us into a place where we're, 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 not, we're not conforming to the kingdom, we're conforming to the world. What does that look like? Well, author Mark Sayers in his book, Disappearing Church, he, he did a whole bunch of analytical study and kind of studied a lot of mostly Western culture. But he said, this is the most uh, dominant Western worldview right now that believes that the highest good, 
is individual freedom, happiness, self-definition, and self-expression. Now, we might hear that and go, well, that, that kind of that sounds good. Isn't that kind of what we're, what we're about? And I'm like, I want to tell you, you've been successfully discipled by the world. Well, why do, why do I say that? Well, let's look at the core of each of these. The core of each of these things in this worldview is self. It's my freedom, right? It's my happiness. It's my self-definition. It's my self-expression. Now, when we're discipled in the wrong direction from the world, those things can become unhealthy things. See, the world always wants us to start with ourself. And so when we start with ourself, ourself begins to look and say, I'm gonna identify myself as the final authority. Myself becomes God, right? See, and this is always encountered to the spirit of the kingdom. The world, the spirit of the world is always encounter against the spirit of, of what the kingdom of what Jesus wants to bring, right? This is important. This is why we go to school. We understand. These are important questions we want to ask. Who is God and who am I? But we want to start with that order, right? When we start with God, we say, God, who are you? And we begin to understand who he is. We understand what Jesus has done for us, that he's given us this new creation identity through his, his, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And then Jesus begins to give us our identity. It is God who defines our identity. So when we start with God, he tells us who we are. When we start with ourself, ourself identifies as God, right? So this is, this is an important piece of how we understand the kingdom, right? So we're asking that question, who is God and who am I, right? And these are foundations because we wanna know the truth. And the reason that you wanna know the truth and it's so important is because the truth you believe is the truth that you will live out. The truth you believe is the truth you're gonna live out. But in, in the kingdom, right, just as the world wants us to conform in both knowing the truth and see, the truth of the world is also something that's constantly being redefined. It's being reshaped. There's no foundation for it because it's being molded into whatever cause, into whatever uh, issue at hand or whatever the most, you know, the, the most dominant theme that we're hearing today. That's the thing that we wanna talk about. So the truth is constantly being defined by the world, but in the kingdom, there's a constant standard of who the truth is. And in the kingdom, it's more than just about knowing, right? We want to know more about who God is. We want to know more about the truth, but then we want, to, we want to live it out. So we want to proclaim the good news, and then we want to demonstrate the good news, right? That's part of who we're made to be. We want to know and we want to do so that we can learn the truth, and then we can live the truth. So we want to be a people who are going to school to learn the truth. Let's talk about that. There's two foundations that we kind of build this whole thing on that's really important for what we're doing today. And this is two things. Jesus as the living word, and then we have the written word, which is the Bible or scripture. So we're going to talk about those two things really quickly. Here's, here's the start. Jesus as the living word. Jesus is truth. This is the foundation from which we're going to start. Jesus is truth. See, truth is, again, more than information. See, in the kingdom, we understand that truth is a person, right? There's something outside of ourself that is there in that place, right? In the kingdom, it is not ourself that is the center, but Jesus is at the center of what that looks like, right? And Jesus actually tells us he's the truth. In John 14, chapter six, this is the gospel of John. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the truth. He's the central focus of the kingdom. He is the way. 
This is the simple truth of who Jesus has himself identified himself to be, that he's that way. And this is not to leave a bunch of people out. Jesus said, my, my life, my kingdom is open to all, but you come through me. You come through me first. And this is so important. So, and as we read earlier in Ephesians, see, as we come together, our focus is this unity and becoming more like Jesus. So everything comes back to Jesus. As we teach, as we grow, as we learn, it's the living word of Jesus that we come back to. Right? We're all trained and equipped as we, as the whole church, become more healthy, then we get to live more fully on mission everywhere that we live, everywhere that we work, everywhere that we play. So we're trained and equipped for a purpose. We're trained and equipped with the living word who comes and lives alongside us and with us in that place. So what does it look for each of us to become more grounded in Jesus as a living word? Well, we have to spend time with Jesus right? We spend time in prayer, but it's not just prayer. It's about relationship. We have to have a conversation. We have to have communication if we want to have relationship. That means we get a time to talk. We also have time that we're setting aside to listen, to hear from Jesus, right? It means that we come together regularly. We gather together as the saints because you know what? We're actually better together. We're better when we do this discipleship thing together. We learn better when we hear from other people. We're sharpened as we do life together one-on-one as groups, in classes. There's lots of different ways that God wants to sharpen us, but we are better when we do it together. It means it's daily surrendering our will to his, right? Again, it's not about ourself. It's about recognizing God and who he is, that he has authority first in our place. This is what relationship with Jesus, the living word means. It means that we're learning from him, that we're following him, and we're learning to live more like him. So we have living word, and now we talk about the written word, right? Those are, that's the other foundation uh, of how we do this, this life. It's how we do life as, as the school, right? As we teach one another. We need some foundations from which to start from. Jesus is the truth. He's the living word. And now we have the written word, which he gives us. And in 2 Timothy 3, this is what it says uh, about Scripture. Again, this is just like in Ephesians. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and he is sharing with one of his disciples, Timothy, uh, about what, what the value of Scripture is. And this is what he says, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives, and it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Okay. So the, the Scripture is here. It's meant for us to engage with, but it has a purpose, right? It begins to show us, it begins to illuminate what we're to do. It illuminates our path, but it also is illuminating our heart, right? So what it's doing as, it's, as, as we're reading scripture is it's, it's showing us what doesn't line up in our life with Jesus, right? Because we're to become more and more like Jesus. That's part of the goal of us learning and growing, being training and equipped to be more like Jesus. So we have to come into that place where we're saying, what doesn't line up with him? So the scripture illuminates our path forward and it illuminates our heart right here where we're at. This this written word combined with the living word. And I understand, for some of us, I understand the Bible can be difficult to read, right? It's, It's not always an easy book to read unless we have help. Again, this is why we do this together. We gather together so we can learn how to read the Bible. We can learn the story that God has placed here. We can learn the story of how it points to Jesus all throughout scripture. And it points to the kingdom, which is the message that Jesus preached, is this kingdom of God. We wanna learn how to do this better. There's lots of different authors over many hundreds of years. And 
another issue that we have sometimes, especially in today's world, is that the Bible's under attack. I mean, many of us maybe have heard, you know, I'm not sure if we can trust the Bible, right? It's been so many translations over so many languages. I'm not even sure if we have the the, original message that was intended to be given to us in this. And you know what? If you're asking those questions, it's okay to ask questions. But there are answers and there are places we can go to to seek seek some of those answers about this. In fact, I'll give you an example of, of just how much we can trust the historical accuracy of this. There's a book called Homer's Iliad. Some of you might be familiar. It's a literary classic. It's an ancient book. And uh, scholars have found 600 manuscripts to validate uh, the authenticity, the accuracy of the translations that we have today. That is considered a huge amount. It's quite a bit more than even the one closest contender. That is the closest contender that we have to the Bible. And the Bible has nearly 6,000 manuscripts to validate its historical accuracy and authenticity. It's like an order of magnitude more. That's unheard of for a document uh, of this age. So we can trust that what we have is the message that was intended when it was written down. That's something that we can trust with. So we have, our foundation is the living word and our foundation is the written word. So what do we do with that? Well, see, once we have those things, once we're engaging with the living word, once we, it is opening up our eyes to the written word, see, not that word has to be activated, right? We want to become the activated word. We want to do something with it, right? This is what it means when we get to, to train and equip, right? See, for me, school, uh, school has always been a part of church because, see, when I was growing up, we went to Sunday school. Anybody else here? You have Sunday school when you're growing up? Awesome. I know there's lots of different experiences. If you're not familiar with Sunday school, Sunday school was a play classes for every age range would break up into their different classes every Sunday in the church that I grew up in. And for us, we'd go down to the basement into these small little rooms and we'd get to hang out. As a kid, it was great. We got to hear uh, Bible stories. We get to sing really fun songs. We get to eat some little stale snacks. Now I assure you, if your kids are in Kingdom Kids today, don't worry. Taylor and team, they have like the freshest wild caught goldfish that you can imagine. It's, I'm sure your kids are fine. It's going to be good. Now, if though the teacher in our Sunday school class got really like, we had a great week if they got ambitious and brought out the flannel graph, right? Anybody remember a flannel graph, right? These little flannel characters and like you could make up whatever character, they just slap one on and say, that's the apostle Paul. And I was like, that looks like Moses, it doesn't matter. It was a great story, it was an illustration, it was great, we loved it. And this was like, this was the height of kids' church tech right here. So we were learning, right? I knew that it was a place of learning, but it wasn't always a place where I was being activated, So fast forward in my life, and a little over 20 years ago, I came here to the vineyard. Now, I came here, and we're talking about the same Jesus. Same Jesus that I grew up with, same Jesus that I knew. We're even talking about the same Bible. The Bible didn't change. But the worldview of the people that I was engaging with when I came here was totally different. See, we had learned all about those Bible stories and all those things that were part of that, but these people believed those weren't just stories for another time. These were like a guidebook for what we should expect to happen today. This was a whole different way of doing this. I was like, wait, that's, that's different than what I knew. But I became intrigued. I wanted to know more. My, my hunger as a disciple began to grow because I wanted to know more about this activated life of stepping into these things. And so God took me back to school. And I remember I was living in Arthur at the time, about 45 minutes away, and I'd drive that 45 minutes both ways. Almost every single month, I'd come up to a class to learn about how to read my Bible how to minister and pray for the sick, how to speak prophetically over people. 
There was, there was all these things that God was opening up in my life as I knew the living word and the written word, but God was suddenly, he was activating those things in my life because I met the person of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is the key to all of this. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes, he teaches us, he grows, and he empowers us to actually live like Jesus because we cannot do this on our own. This is the power of what God wants to do in us. And I want every single one of you, every single person in our church to be trained and equipped to be a student in the school of the church, right? I want you to be a student of the living word and the written word, right? So that we gather here to learn and to worship, right? We have, we have classes and things that you can participate in as both new and seasoned believers. There's things like podcasts where we can dive deeper into a message and learn more about the kingdom. And then we have things like the School of Kingdom Ministry. You heard us talk about that just a little bit earlier. Our school is such an incredible opportunity. It's, it's literally called a school, right? right? It's living out what we're trying to do today. It's a discipleship journey where we're training and equipping. We're helping people to, to proclaim the good news and to demonstrate the good news, right? We want them learning the truth so they can live the truth. And this is what the school does. Every part of it is about teaching and knowing and then being activated in what God wants us to do. We actually call them activations as we train and we practice the things of the kingdom so that we can do it, not just here, but everywhere that we go. See, we train here. We go to school here just as you would go to school in an academic setting so you can be trained for your profession and the mission that you're called to. That's what we get to do together. And I want to tell you a story today uh, from somebody who's attended the School of Kingdom Ministry. And this was uh, Genevieve and Hector, or Jenny and Hector. And this is their story. We're going to watch a video as they share a, a bit of a story. And just, just to give you a little setup, these actually came, again, from a different church. Again, part of our call as a church and as a school is that we give those resources away. And so we've been blessed to do that through the School of Kingdom Ministry. And again, through thousands of students and hundreds of different sites across the world. And they came actually from another church uh, here in town. And they were invited, they came because they were invited to come to Sockham, as we call the School of Kingdom Ministry. They were invited by their neighbor. Let me just, just encourage you with the power of your invitation. See, your invitation into the kingdom, it's what your neighbor's waiting on. It's what your coworker's waiting on. It's what that friend that you've been wanting to share Jesus with. An invitation is powerful. And each of you carries an invitation in you. I want you to be a people who are inviting others into this journey of discipleship because you carry the hope, you carry the truth of who Jesus is and his kingdom. So Jenny and Hector, they committed to come every single Sunday and their lives began to change. Now, Jenny and Hector, they, they fully knew who Jesus was, but that had not yet been activated in this discipleship journey of understanding what it meant to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually live this out in a new way, to see the kingdom come today. And they're gonna tell you a story here today of how their life was changed as they became activated in these things of the Spirit as they went to school. So let's hear from them today. This is gonna take a minute or two, but no, this is worth it. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Hector's my husband of 22 years and um, we... Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have two kids, ages 12 and 13. Yesterday was just a normal day where we were doing the normal kid activities, archery, music lessons. We have an international friend who's Chinese named Jolene, who we met back in the fall during Welcome Week through the YMCA uh, 
New American Welcome Center. We've been friends with her. We've shared the word with her. She brought to us yesterday a Taiwanese future teller. And the, this future teller wanted to interact with our pets. And so Jolene, our friend, wanted to see this happen. And we said, okay, sure, bring her by. Let's have tea and we'll meet her. So when she came to our house, um, we sensed a spirit immediately over her. And um, we uh, talked with her. We saw her interact with our pets. We let her know we didn't want our future told, but thank you. And then um, she, we asked, what questions do you have for us? And she wanted about for American family life. And she wanted to know, do you spend your family time together um, during the weekends? And we said, oh yeah, this is what we do on Saturday. On Sunday, we go to church. But not a lot of Americans go to church. I mean, it's becoming less and less. There are more and more nothings these days. Um, but God is so important to us. We love Sundays because we get to worship him. So she heard this and received it and wanted to know, tell me about your God. And we said, oh, well, that's a, well, sure. And so we uh, told her all about God. We, uh, she wanted to know, how did you come to believe in God and when? And so we told her, well, we were once nothings too. And um, when we were after college, after we were married, that we became followers of Jesus Christ when we were at Moody Church in Chicago. This was 20 years ago. And um, so we explained that. Then Hector felt compelled to tell her that there actually is future telling in the Bible, that Isaiah, you know, like Isaiah foretells the birth of Christ, his, <laughs> his crucifixion. I mean, it was amazing. She's receiving it all. And then she let us know she has met other Christians before, but they've told her that she is evil, that she, um, that God doesn't love her, uh, that, that he can't love her and that she needs to be fixed. And then she asked, she looked at us and said, what does God say about me? This was all through interpretation, but this I really looked at her and I said, God loves you. <laughs> he loves you and he's always loved you and he has made you in his image and his likeness. He's made you unique and special. And so she received all of this and uh, we prayed over her. We prayed for her future. I would have stopped there, but Hector then was said, well, you can receive Jesus. <laughs> uh, that's possible for, and she was really excited by that. So we actually took a break. We went to dinner. They had a going away dinner. This was her last day in Champaign-Urbana last night. <laughs> so they came back. I didn't know if they'd come back. We found a friend from our church who's Taiwanese, who speaks the language. We, she joined us on Zoom. She led uh, this friend, Louise, into understanding with clarity the gospel message, who Jesus is. We, it was our first time ever leading anyone to Christ. <laughs> But we felt a need. We haven't gotten to this yet in our curriculum. We felt a need. We need to pray away the spirit of fortune telling. And she she told us she was receptive to that. So we cast it away. It was afflicting her. It was afflicting her. It, yeah, yeah. It was some, some kind of torment. We didn't get into it, but she said it was afflicting her. So we prayed it away. I don't even know how to do this, but we just did it as best as we could. <laughs> And when I asked her afterwards, it was so quiet. And then I just asked, how are you feeling? And she said, I feel uh, dizzy. I feel numb on top of my head. And then she said, I feel good. <laughs> and that her heart was warm. And I just like, you can't make this stuff up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. So good. Amen. I, this is such a beautiful picture of what it looks like to live that activated life. 
Again, they, they, were, they weren't people who didn't know Jesus yet. They were people who had known Jesus for many years. But again, knowing Jesus, saying yes to him, it's the beginning of our journey. And it's this journey of discipleship, of learning, of being activated. And you saw that because they were activated, somebody knows Jesus who didn't know Jesus. Somebody was set free from, from the, the bounds of darkness as they cast out that spirit of future telling. And this was given in the middle of the class as they were, they were doing this. So they hadn't even got to that part about deliverance or casting out evil spirits, but they had been shown what it looked like to partner with the Holy Spirit to hear from him, to trust that he was going to be with them as they stepped out into these things. See, there's, there's a new boldness that comes into your life when we understand how we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to partner with Jesus, the living word, to live out the written word that he's given us. See, they committed to go to school. They committed to a journey of discipleship. And for some of you here, this may be part of your story. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've been a believer for a long time. You've said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but you're saying, I don't know if I've been living out this journey and this walk of discipleship. See, the call of the Christian isn't just to say yes, it's to be a disciple and follower of Jesus. Right? Just as it said in Ephesians, as we read earlier, our job is to train and equip. That means there's, there's something being added to, there's something being grown in you in maturity. And I wanna encourage you today, Step into that journey. Say yes. If you've been thinking about signing up for the School of Kingdom Ministry, you can still do that today. Go up to Sign Up Central right here after service. Get engaged with the living word and the written word being activated in your life today. It's an amazing opportunity. For some of you, maybe it's joining a small group. Hey, maybe it's a place where I want to learn to share Jesus better. Come be a part of Alpha. Bring a friend who doesn't yet know Jesus and, and bring them with you to Alpha. Find a way to engage with discipleship, to learn to be more like he is. For those of you who are here and maybe you have been trained, maybe you've walked through lots of different things where you've been trained and those things have begun to be activated, but maybe you're feeling stuck today. As the church, we want to come around you because we want to help you get unstuck. We want you to be reactivated into what God has called you to be. See, often when the enemy comes against us and he can't stop us from loving Jesus, so he just works to stop us from living like Jesus. If that's you today, this is your call to step in, to get unstuck, to say yes to the beautiful, beautiful picture that God wants to paint of his kingdom through your life. See, we're all called to be learners and followers, to be people who proclaim the good news and demonstrate the good news. I don't want us to ever stop going to school. I don't want to ever stop going to school. I want to be committed to be a learner and a follower to live more like Jesus. And I want each of you to do the same. I want all of us to be learning to know the truth and live the truth as we see the kingdom come everywhere we go. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you that you want to partner with us, that none of what we're called to is anything that we have to do alone. That you've given us the beautiful gift of your Holy Spirit to see us empowered, to see us trained, to see us equipped to do every good work, to be more like Jesus and to see our world more know of you, know more of you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen.